Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Road to Recovery. I'm your host, Dan Chuba, coming to you live today from the wonderful little town of Princeton, Illinois. That's correct. And parked along the road of Main Street, just down the street from a Dairy Queen. And uh, this is where I can get good reception. Martha, my lovely wife, and I are enjoying a couple days off away from work, away from the, the world at uh, Martha's Lake House, and uh, ah, much deserved. I have had a long week, but uh, hey, this is a live broadcast. Yes, it's a live broadcast. Today is September 1st of 2019, and guess what? Today being September 1st means that I have just completed 24 years of continuous sobriety, all right, hip, hip, hooray for me. Yep, 24 years of continuous sobriety, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. You know, unfortunately, I will not be able to take calls. You will not be able to call into the show, unfortunately. I can take texts if you want to text me. I can always be receive text to my phone number, and that phone number I'm taking texts to is area code 630 Six one two nine. That's area code six three zero nine one eight six one two nine. If you want to text me, that that would be good. I can get texts, okay? But hey, either way, I want to uh, congratulate myself, hey, hey Pipperay, and any one of you out there that have managed to get one more day of sobriety. You know, we take it for granted, especially somebody like myself. That is working the program for 24 years. Uh-uh. I, I, I take it for granted sometimes the difficulty it was starting out and getting sober and staying sober. You know, it wasn't easy. If I, if I told you otherwise, I'd be lying. But it was worth it. That's the most important thing. It was worth it. Yeah. One day at a time, one step at a time. You know, I want to do a little review about what the, my life was like before I quit drinking. I'm a, I'm the uh, sixth eldest child of 13 kids, by the way, all of which my siblings are all alive still to this day, okay? And uh, good for them, good for us, okay? You know, you get to a point in your life, though, you start wondering when we're going to start dropping off, you know, because... Uh, well, we're getting up at age. I uh, I am feeling my mortality. I won't deny that. I have been wrestling with this um, arm. I have bursitis of my left elbow. I banged it really bad. And then it got infected. And, you know, then I went to the doctor and then the hospital. <clears throat> I think the hospital made it worse by uh, someone not doing their job quite effectively and properly. But whatever, it's on the on the way to recovery, and it's it still hurts like heck, man. I'll tell you. But you know, when I think about how it hurts, okay, I got to think about all the people that have less than I do, and I look at myself and say, what am I complaining about, really? You know what? Think about it. It's so easy to complain, isn't it? We don't have this. We don't have that. We don't have this. You know, but. There are people that have so far less than we do. 
and how do they do it? How do they get along? Sometimes I think they might even be happier than we are, you know? Happiness is not having things. It's happiness is enjoying the things that we have. Yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? It is, but it's the truth. It is the truth, and that's what that's what it is. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about having, I don't know, 24 years of sobriety. How's that? 24 years of working a program of recovery in, and, and enjoying the promises that come with working the program in sobriety. And there are promises that are made. And I'm not going to read them to you today because I don't have them. I'm kind of unequipped here. I'm, I'm winging this here. I'm doing this out of my car. Again, I'm in the uh, parking lot a couple doors away from a Dairy Queen in downtown Princeton, Illinois. So if you're there, you go by and you see me in my white car, my white Ford Fusion, honk, because I'm going to do the show tonight from my car. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm going to do it right here. And uh, if you want to join me, come and knock on the window and say, hey, Don, I want to be on your show live. Okay, well, that'll be good. But my guess is that there will probably not be too many of you coming and knocking on my door. It's not like we have this incredible following. But, hey, we have some nonetheless, and thank you for those of you that do listen to the show. Hopefully you do get something out of it. And the question becomes, why do I do it? Why do I continue to do this show? Well, did you know that we have been doing this show for over seven years? We are in our eighth year of broadcasting. We started in May of 2012, I think it is, 2012. And here we are in 2019, and that's seven years later, and June, July, August, September, man, we three in three months. Wow. Seven years and three months. But Really, who helps? Who does this help? You know, people question, not much, but sometimes people question and say, hey, Dan, why are you doing this show? And the most important reason is because it helps me. It is. It does. It really helps me out. It keeps me focused. It keeps me humble. It keeps me grounded in in ways that, you know, I need to. Uh, I did not have a drinking problem. Da-da-da-da. I had a thinking problem, okay? My best thinking got me drinking. You know, and I went to a meeting this week at the club, the AA club that I attend in uh, West Chicago and Nona West, and I got my 24-year coin. I was there the day before, but, you know, and they said, oh, you got one more day before you get it. But, you know, I still got my 24-year coin, period. And I didn't drink, and so... You know, I gave it to myself on the twenty-four uh, on the thirtieth because that was my twenty-four anniversary. But it was really great to be there because there were a couple people in the at the program that one girl who just went back out drinking and got her second DUI. You know, and she's a lovely girl, lovely girl, probably you know under thirty and now he's got to battle with the, the issue of not having a driver's license for a long time. And I didn't have one yet. See, what I told her was that before I quit drinking, before I entered the program of recovery, I had two DUIs, one in 1991 and one in 1993. 
And that didn't get me to stop drinking, believe it or not. It didn't. It, it, you know, it just added to the calamity that was going on in my life. And did I stop drinking? Heck no. I just couldn't drink and I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't drive. So I just, I drank and I had other people drive me. Wow. I got to tell you what a turnaround life I've enjoyed since that time. A big turnaround in my life. A lot of things have gone on. Okay? I am also the father of three children. The oldest one is Jessica in San Diego. My uh, youngest daughter, Natalie, is in Oceanside. She's a firefighter for the Oceans, uh, for the Orange County Fire Department. Wonderful girl. Uh, all my kids are wonderful, i got to tell you. And my son, Dan, who is a sous chef for a restaurant in the uh, Downers Grove area of Illinois. And unfortunately, I don't spend a lot of time with my kids because I never did. I don't know what it's really like to be a father aside from contributing sperm and, uh, you know, showing up occasionally, paying bills. I did some of that, you know, but I didn't really know what the heck being a father was all about. I didn't have a very good example my father was not a very good father. My father was a, uh, well, he was more of a, uh, I hate to say it, but a slave driver. My dad was kind of a slave driver. He he barked out commands. And it's amazing the power that he still holds over family members of mine. And he's been dead now 26 years maybe, 25, 26 years, long time. He did not get to see me sober, which who cares, um, but it took me 18 months, not 18 months, 18 years in my program before I would begin to forgive him and accept the fact that he was an alcoholic too and that he had, I don't know what you want to say, an excuse for what he did. You know, being an alcoholic gives you a title and I guess there is some sort of an excuse to be had but the thing about alcoholism, drug abuse, any kind of addictive program, I guess, is that it's most of the time it's controllable. Most of the time it's a, a drug of choice. Most of the time we can overcome it if we want to. And we have to put a lot of effort out to do that. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what life was like before I sobered up. Some of you guys already know this story. But, you know, 24 years, I think I'm going to take this moment to, I don't know, relive, maybe highlight some of these moments, different things that took place and occurred in my life, different attitudes that I, mood swings that I went to. You know, the first, when I first came into the program on December no, August 30th of 20, no, of 1995, I think it is, 1995, 1995, 95, yep. I, uh, I was just about a month earlier, my third wife walked out and left me uh, by mutual agreement. I, I asked her to leave. Uh, she and I were not getting along. We only been married. We've been married a year, but we were not together. But maybe a month through that whole year, it was the weirdest, weirdest relationship I had ever had in my life. And 
to this day, I'll always be grateful to Patty and love Patty because she was an incredible person who had issues of her own. But if it wasn't for her coming into my life and helping me see how screwed up my world was, I never would have gotten help. I wouldn't. I would not have gotten help. Uh, I had already lost my uh, uh, I lost my uh, driver's license, and I was on my way of getting it back. I was driving with a judicial driving permit, which required me to drive with only uh, within 50 miles of my office and only on certain days of the week. And, you know, give me those rules, I was breaking them. Unbelievable. You know, guys, I got to tell you something. Tonight being September 4th, no, 1st, Labor Day weekend, uh, I just had this most incredible meal. And I got to tell you, the thought of talking for an hour is not very exciting. Uh, we are going to cut the show short. How short, I really don't know. And I would, normally I would say, well, if you guys called and helped me out, I'd probably do that. But there's nobody going to be helping me out in this this night of opportunities only because I don't have a computer to clock and watch things. So, oh, well, we're going to do our best to do our best. Um, yeah. You know, I was married three times. The first time um, to Tony. Tony was an incredible girl. Still is an incredible person. Um you know, we talk about we have thinking problems and, uh, you know, not necessarily drinking problems. You know, the ism in alcoholism is the disease part. The uh, the alcohol in alcoholism is the symptom part. So you could say sexualityism. You could say, you know, uh, drugism. You could do all the isms. Gamblingism. You know, because, again, the ism is the actual disease of the mind. It's a disease of the I, self, and me. It is where we become very selfish, and it's all about us instead of about being the person we are supposed to and meant to be in our world, okay? It's not supposed to be all about us. And yet, some way and somehow, we do. We make it that way. We keep it that way. And uh, I don't know. Okay. Infirmity. Oh, that's good. Oh, these are the results of the you know, this one picture that was posted in Reader's Digest. This is really great. And I love it. Don't worry. I can remove that horn in Photoshop. And here's one of you when you were just a kid. Oh, man. There are some really good people. Look, you have 24 hits on Infirmity. E-Farmony, that's funny. Very good. I got to tell you something, folks. Um, when I'm in a meeting, when I'm around people that need to hear, experience strength and hope, I feel impassioned. It's kind of hard tonight to not to talk. I was going to talk about oh, call waiting. <laughs> call waiting. Who's call waiting? I'm not taking calls, unfortunately, because you can text me, but you can't. Sorry, I can't talk right now. Leave me a text. Thank you for the call, though. That was very nice. Somebody called. Okay? But you have to text me if you want to talk to me tonight because I will not be taking phone calls while I'm doing the show. 
Uh-oh, did I lose myself? Did I lose the show? No, I think we're still here. Okay, very good. Hopefully we're good. All right. Uh, yeah, I was going to run through the 24 years of, you know, what got me in the program? What happened? What got me? I realized that my life was a real dump, that I was doing a lot of dumb things, bad things. Having two DUIs was one, okay? Getting married and divorced a third time was definitely another. And those are issues that, you know, normal people just didn't go through, yet here I am doing it. And... I got really sick and really tired of trying to explain what was going on in my life to anybody, for that matter, including to me, looking at myself in the mirror. wasn't liking pretty much who I was. And when Patty and I split up a month earlier, when she left end of July, it was probably that, yes, it was probably it was probably a uh, let's see here. There you go. Go ahead and show Cooley tonight. All right. Let's go for it. Let's see. On Century Lock. Go for it. Okay. But going back to it, it was a good month after she left because we weren't there to battle each other, but the emptiness and the loneliness and the reminder that I was such a loser. I remember hearing that echoing all the way from the very early age of my life to this time, and and it, and I, I, I hated it. I hated it. I hated myself. You know, it reminded me. That's what my dad taught me and reminded me, that I was a loser, that I wasn't going to be successful. I wondered if it wasn't him trying to stop me from being successful. I I can only wonder. But I got to tell you something. I I didn't have the guts. I wanted to so bad die. I wanted to kill myself so much. I didn't want to deal with life anymore. And and I got to tell you, I'm a believer in God, and I, I don't believe God ever, ever meant for us to want to die on earth by our own hands. You know, he... he He's accepting and, and, you know, with his understanding that we will die because we are human and that's why we're here on earth. But for us to bring our own life to an end, I don't believe that we, he gave us that privilege to do. And so I couldn't do that. I just, that was one thing that I didn't feel I could go against his, his will to kill myself, and so I didn't know what else to do. I went to an AA meeting. I knew of AA meetings because I knew where they were at because my my wife at the time that we were going through this divorce, Patty, had been going to AA meetings, and I knew where the club was. And I didn't, I've never stayed for a total meeting of closed people, just for open meetings. So when I went for the closed meeting, I knew that I had to accept the fact that I was an alcoholic and in order for me to stay. And I was so sad and so broken down that I cried for the most 
most of the hour that I was there. Part of it was relief that I had a place to go. Other part of it was because I just, I finally surrendered. I just said, I can't believe it. You're just such a knucklehead. You kept doing this over and over again, and it's not working. You've got to do something more, something different. And I did. I needed to do something more and something different. And so what? I uh, I got on my hands and knees and said, hey, God, help me. God, help me. And he gave me the, the, the motivation to go to a meeting and go there and, and listen and hang out and, and realize it was a safe place for people like me. And like me was, I was afraid to go near alcohol again because I didn't want any more bad things to happen to me. And they were happening. And I knew that alcohol was playing a major role in it, and I needed to do something about it. So so I didn't. And so I did. I just did what they told me in the program. I listened. I learned. I, I kept coming back. And uh, the first year was a struggle because I was still married at the time to Patty. And Patty, oh, my God, she had a voice like a siren. But you know what? When I wasn't drinking, isn't that amazing? When I wasn't drinking, I was able to say no. I was able to say and turn off the siren part of it. Well, wait, let me clarify that for a degree. Okay, a degree. Because when I found being sober, even for a month, I was excited. I was I was empowered. I was passionate. I was feeling good. They call it... Uh, you know, a, a, a honeymoon and a high. And I wanted to share it so much with this woman that I was crazy about. But I knew I shouldn't be with this woman. How about that? I knew I shouldn't be with her, okay, but I did want to share it with her. And where was she? She was on the West Coast. She was up in uh, Washington State somewhere. And why she was there? Well, I was told that she took a job with a ball league, baseball league up there. And, you know, for the time being, who really cares what she was there for? But it wasn't that. She was up there for monkey business, and she was just, as I was, lost. But I, I found and wandered into the right place. She wandered into the wrong direction. And she motivated me. Again, people, everybody has choices. And I, too, have choices. And I was making, still making some poor ones. And when Patty called me and said she missed me and she wanted to be with me, I dropped everything. She was the biggest drug ever in my life. Much more than alcohol. And I did not have a driving driver's license. So I flew out to Washington State, arrived there, got a cab to a car rental place and rented a van in somebody else's name because I couldn't rent it in mine and they actually gave it to me and I got in the van and was going to pick up my wife and we were going to come back home and have a honeymoon again and life was going to be different now that I wasn't drinking for like two months, a month or two. Oh my gosh, my gosh, what a mess. I got out there, Patty was caught up in all her mess and everything, and 
tried drag, dragging me into it, and I almost bought into it. I came very close. But by the grace of God and the fellowship of AA and my sponsor at the time, Bobby Kay, I was able to say no to her and ended up coming home, being chased by the police, um, harassed by Patty, and but nothing happened. I, I got away, and and I escaped without any further legal action. Well, that's not really true because it turned out she filed a complaint with the Washington State law and got a warrant for my arrest put out, okay, for wife beating or something like that. <laughs> so when I found out about it, I called the state's attorney and said, hey, why do you have this out on me? And they go, well, we want you to face charges. I go, against two. I said, if you're talking about my wife, she's not there. She's back here in Illinois. She came back, and and the state's attorney was so surprised to hear that. She said, we will drop all charges immediately. And so, to my knowledge, that warrant has been eradicated, gone. And not that I worry about it 24 years later. I, I haven't gotten arrested by that. It's not a big deal. But, you know, again, that's what life was like back then. And trying to hold on and keep Patty into my life, a part of my life that I should never have even been involved with, okay? But I only did it because I was drinking, caught up in drinking and and thinking that it was all about me. Yeah, I'll tell you, it was a long year. It was a long year. And I finally let Patty go, and the, the, the police officers all told me that was a really good idea said she'll probably call you, she'll want to get together with you and meet with you and make it all good. And they said, don't be alone with this person because you're going to get in the the frying pan even hotter and hotter if you do. And she did, just like they said. She called up. She was sweet and wonderful. She was a sweet and wonderful patty. And I fought it. I could fight it when I wasn't drinking. See, when I'm not drinking... I can stand up against adversity. I can stand up and say, I know this is not a good thing for me. But when I drank, I let my guard down. I let myself do things that I shouldn't and wouldn't sober. And I was fortunate enough to say no to her and to get beyond her grasp. The first year was cutting ties with Patty. The first years were realizing how much and how many mistakes that I made in my life. And I got to tell you something, folks. Those were pretty overwhelming in themselves, okay? The mistakes that I made in my life, they were pretty overwhelming. Um, you know what's what's going to happen here? It's uh, 7.28 my time, Central Standard Time. And I got to tell you something. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> really not in the mood to do this show tonight. So here's what's going to happen. I am going to drive back towards the lovely Miss Martha, and at some point I'm going to lose coverage on the phone here, and the phone's going to drop, you know, the call's going to drop, and uh, and we, you and I will no longer be connected. And that will be the end of the show for tonight. That's it. Tonight's show will be cut short because I'm not in the mood. (laughs) But I'm honest about it, right? There you go.
And it is a beautiful evening out here in Princeton, Illinois, I got to tell you. Just loving it. Just wonderful. Look at all this. The new franchise in real estate, Success Realty. You know, I own a real estate company. It's Daniel and Associates Real Estate. And I'm a pretty good, darn, darn good realtor. And a, and a good, well, I won't say a good businessman. I, I mean, I've been able to stay alive and keep my bills rather in check, but I'm not as successful as some of these other people are. But then again, on the other hand, I do a lot of things to help out in the community, and I'm proud of that too. Uh, being the president of the Lions Club, I've been a member of the Lions Club probably around 16 years, and this is my fourth run as president. And why do we do it? Because people ask us, and, and it just seems like the right thing to do at the time. So, you know, I do a lot of volunteering. This show, I do a couple hours here. I like to get to meetings when I can. haven't done a lot of that lately, but I do still do some of it, okay? That's why I do this show, because I need to get and keep myself involved in meetings. Yes, absolutely. It's a good thing for me to be involved in meetings. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Sure you do. So... Contact my okay, hey, Mike Judge. Okay, you know, I gotta tell you. So that was my my first year in recovery was a struggle, and it was because I didn't surrender yet. I knew that I humbled myself enough to accept the fact that I was an alcoholic, but you know, there was a part of me that still wanted to take it back and take control and 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 get over this so I can get on with my life. The thought of not drinking for the rest of my life was overwhelming. And what was really cool is that the people in the program taught me that I shouldn't even think that way, that I should think about it as one day at a time, one day, one step at a time, and it'll become manageable. There's a, a in business, there's a, a, a book, I guess it says, How Do You Eat an Elephant? And pretty much it goes like this, one bite at a time, one bite at a time. You can't eat the whole elephant all at once, but if you take one bite at a time, it might take a year, two years, whatever, but you'll eventually, you'll eventually eat the elephant, absolutely positively. Oh, my gosh, and you know what? I just saw a, a, a pet shop. It looks like there's a pet shop open in Princeton. Uh-huh. You know, folks, I'm really excited about aquarium fish. Yeah, I'm like that. that there's a there's a T-shirt that my sponsor bought for me one time. Bobby K, I love you, man. You're a good man, and you helped me out a lot the first 12 years of my program, and you've been an inspiration still beyond those. Okay, but he bought me this shirt that said, "Hey, I suffer from attention attention deficit." Hey, what's that? Can I play with it? And I don't know if you caught that, but that's me, okay? I'm easily distracted about different things. Wow, look at this. So maybe that's a, that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good business. Wouldn't that be a great business to see come back? Is the pet industry tropical fish? I think uh, we should get rid of a lot of these uh, devices that we hold in our hands and all the games we play. Because we we are champions of the world. How about the kid who won 
the own whatever that that title. I forgot what what he was even the title was about, but he won. He beat like lots of people to become the winning person on this uh, this. Uh, what was it? It was a um, an internet-based game. I think like a hundred thousand, a hundred million people did it, and he won. He was number one. He won a million, three million bucks, something like that. But the point was, that means a hundred million people wasted a lot of time, energy, and effort. Here we go on a program. Wow, this is pretty cool. Somebody's putting some energy into this place here. I gotta give it a promo. I gotta give it a promo. It's called Tanks Boaco Zoo. We're not just a store, we're an experience. Oh wow. I gotta tell the lovely Martha we're gonna have to check this place out. It looks like a cool place to hang out and to enjoy. Okay, well you know what? Again, as you can tell, I'm not really in the mood to do this show, and I thought I was going to give you a little bit more of my heart and soul, but it's just not happening, guys, tonight. Okay, you'll just have to forgive me, and uh, maybe next week I'll be back from 7 to 9. I'll be in the office. Maybe I'll have a guest. That would be good. Guests are always nice to have. But uh, you know what? The good thing is that it works if you work it, and I've been working this program one day, one step at a time. I've made mistakes. But I got back up. I've I've been fortunate enough never to, to 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 relapse and go out there again, and I don't want to. And I, I appreciate all the people that did and shared with me, so I aware of it and and was you know safeguarding myself so I wouldn't get caught up into that. But I got to tell you something. Uh, I'm just loving where I'm at and who how things are coming along in my life, and they seem to get better and better and that's just because I'm working the program one day, one step at a time. So, listen, you can have it, too, if you want. You don't have to do it alone. You can do it with a friend. There's a lot of friends at AA. You can go AA. You can go celebrate recovery with the Christian churches. There's all kinds of places you can go for help. Don't stop looking for help. Go to any length to get what you what we have and keep it. It's worth it. And, and I'm not going to tell you last week was a tough week work-wise with me, but you know what? It's okay. I'll get over it. It's, you know, it's just it's just life, and it's not worth drinking over. It's not worth drugging over. So you can have what I have if you're willing to go to any length to get it. Hopefully you'll get it, you'll want to keep it, and you'll have many blessings like I've been enjoying in my life. Okay, so I want to shut it off for now. We're going to, this is it. We're going to, 736, we're calling it over, boys and girls, okay? Have a great week. Have a great life. One day, one step at a time. Make somebody's life better this week, huh? All right, let's get out of ourselves and, and reach out and help somebody else out here, okay? And we'll see you again next week on the Road to Recovery when I have a little bit more focus and energy, okay? Good night. Happy Labor Day.